All right, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Riggles Rag Podcast. Ian Cummings here with Jacob Kamaker and Nathan Britton. Washington played week three of the preseason the other night. Didn't go so well. Uh, the first two matchups was a little competitive. This week, uh, not so much. So we've got some updates for you, some uh, rundowns on how the roster will shake out as a result, what changes are made. Uh, I'm here with Nathan and Jacob. Guys, how you doing? Doing good. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, a little stuffy, but you know, uh, no one's perfect. Moved into the new digs. What'd you say? You move it. You're all moved in. All moved in. Yeah, I've been moving into my apartment the last few days. It's been a little bit of a hassle, but it's done now. So I apologize, guys, if there's an echo. My apartment is much smaller than the room I was using previously. So I'm kind of like I'm kind of situated in the middle, trying to, you know, make the I don't know, make the sound perfect, but you know, whatever. Enough about my life. Jacob, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Cleaning my apartment today. Spring cleaning. And by that, I mean, I just needed to clean this place before it got <laughs> messed up. That, that's relatable. That is definitely relatable as a college student. You went in their opener, too, so go Minutemen. <laughs> I saw that. Wasn't it like 42 to 7 or something? Yeah, they're crushing Duquesne, so... You know, take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> my boy Andrew Ford looks good, so that's what I care about. That's good. Hey, that's good stuff. Let's talk about our football team, NFL, Washington Redskins. Uh, they just played the Denver Broncos and lost 29-17. to 17. Uh, The score made it look closer than it was, though. It was pretty ugly all throughout. Uh, Jacob, we'll start with you. I started with Nathan last time. Uh, what what were your thoughts after the game, just kind of watching their, their their performance? Are you freaking out about it at all, or are you kind of just like, hey, it's preseason, you know, we'll see what happens? So I was actually at the Panthers-Patriots game last night, so I didn't see the game until I watched it this morning. Um, and based off what everyone was saying, I was expecting it to be an absolutely terrible performance. And while it wasn't very good and there were still major issues on defense – it wasn't quite as bad as I had expected it would be. Uh, Alex Smith in the passing offense never quite got into rhythm, but Smith, more than anything else, was just a little bit off with his passes. I think he just had a rough day. Um, I think in the regular season, if that happened, he'd be able to work himself into a rhythm throughout the game. They just didn't let him do that because they wanted to get hurt. Um, so I actually was, saw a little bit more life in the passing game than others did. I mean, the defense was pretty bad to the point that they – we're not executing fundamentals, which was an issue with them in the past when Joe Barry was the defensive coordinator. They couldn't tackle anything. And last night they showed flashes of that, uh, particularly Troy Apt. He was a little inconsistent when he was on the field. He missed some easy stops, made some stops. But um, generally speaking, not a great performance. But there were enough positives and silver linings for me that I can say, hey, this was a preseason game, and while they did not play well at all, hopefully this won't be what they look like when they open the season. Yeah, Nathan, your thoughts kind of mirror that? Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. It's I'm first team all. Let's not make too much out of the preseason because it's preseason. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like Jacob said, Alex Smith, to me, yeah, he looked a little bit uncomfortable, a little bit out of it, just maybe lack of playing time, maybe trying to do – you know, do more than he should have, just trying, you know, being out there trying to get everything in. Uh, but yeah, should, could he have had the whole game? You know, you feel he's going to work it out and that offense is going to get going. Uh, the defense, it was, wasn't, it wasn't too good. Um, it kind of reverts back to the past few years when our defense has been pretty bad, but you have to think that that's going to be an outlier. There's just too much t- 
talent on that defensive line and that front seven in general for for them to be that bad, especially against you know it's it, it's a bad look because it's against a a Broncos team that picked in the top ten. So it, it, that makes it look a little bit worse. Case Keenum, we all know that he he's good, not great. So for him to be able to do whatever he wants is it's not not great. But again, it's a preseason game. They're all really kind of getting thrown in. That's their first full you know let, let's you know dress rehearsal is what everyone says. So. There's that, but I mean, I think the one thing we can look at as a bright spot too is last night wasn't necessarily about those guys. It was about the guy in the backfield, uh, and he showed he could still play, which is exciting because you don't know what you know. We know what we're going to get with Rob Kelly. We don't know about the health of him or Samaj P. Ryan or even Chris Thompson. You know, in in week seven, so to have him showing that if he can stay healthy, what he can do, I think that's a a bright spot and something that more than anything should be taken out of last night. Yeah, by far the brightest spot was Adrian Peterson and. You know, I'll, I'll eat crow. I, I put up five bold predictions before the game. I don't think I got a single one even close to the spectrum of correct. <laughs> so I'm cool with that. They're bold for a reason, but yeah, bold predictions. Yeah, bold. All the time, you can't kick yourself for that. Yeah, I know. I was like, man, I don't feel confident. Like second quarter, I'm like, I know it's not gonna happen. But <laughs> but yeah, Adrian Peterson looked good, and you know that's definitely a good thing because the running back position has definitely been an area of concern you know Rob Kelly he didn't do anything to quell the concerns around him he had eight carries for 19 yards but Peterson looked really good I mean and you know I'll be the first to admit you know I have not bought in I'm still not bought in you know because it's one preseason game you know uh, we still got to see him come in week in week out because I know he was a little inconsistent with the Cardinals last year but uh, he, he showed good things and you know his vision is impeccable no one's discounting that, you know, as a veteran, as a 33-year-old, you're going to have that experience. You're going to know where holes are going to open up. You're going to know what to do in those situations. So he definitely knows that. And um, he was running with he, uh, he was running with energy. My bad. He was running with energy. He was really a spry out of the backfield, hitting lanes, explosive. He looked good. And he broke a few tackles, too, um, I think. I think that energy is what we were wanting in Geis, and I think we're kind of getting it in Peterson. You know, Geis, I think Geis is going to come back next year better than ever, but having a stopgap like Peterson, if he can stay healthy, that's the biggest thing. If he can stay healthy and keep this up, then the Redskins offense can, they can do good things. I'm not, you know, I don't think they're going to be dominant, but uh, and it all depends on how Jay Gruden uses him too, because that's obviously a, you know, we've seen stuff about that, how running on first down, too predictable. You know, that's a pitfall that they can kind of trip into. So I'm a little worried about that. But having a capable back is the first step to any equation. It looks like we have that. Yeah, and I agree with what you said regarding Peterson, Ian, that I'm not fully sold on him. Um, I was in the camp that ne- didn't necessarily want the team to sign him. He proved me wrong. He definitely deserves to be on the roster and probably should make the active roster to start the season based off last night's performance. But like you said, it is one preseason game, and I'd like to see him put together some consistency because with the Cardinals last year, he had two massive games and then averaged about two and a half yards of carry in every other game he played. That includes his tenure with the Saints as well. And um, just in general about Peterson, I feel like there's a catch-22 with him in that he's one of those backs that the more work you give him, the better he'll get throughout a game. But he's also at the stage in his career where you can't consistently give him 20-plus carries a game or he's going to wear down and either get hurt 
or just start to wear down in games uh, at the end of the season. Yeah. So they're going to have to find a balance in the backfield. And I think that Peterson is going to be a big part of that. I think when P. Ryan is healthy, the two of them will look to split carries with Chris Thompson playing the third down role. I think it's going to be a true committee this season. And I'm also going to be interested to see what, whether or not they decide to keep Rob Kelly or Capri Bibbs as that fourth guy. Because I don't think they're going to keep five at this point. And while I know they'd like to have a good receiving backup, I think Jay Gruden's going to have a really hard time parting with Rob Kelly just because he likes him so much and, you know, he sees value in him where others may not. And I thought Kelly actually performed well on uh, Thursday night. He had a couple of nice runs, didn't do anything flashy, but he's still a guy that I'd look at as a third string running back who you can throw into the game in short yardage situations and he'll usually convert. So um, him versus Bibbs in that final preseason game is going to definitely be something I'm watching. Yeah, and like you guys said, you need more consistency in its one preseason game. But Adrian Peterson's only been in that in that organization, you know, learning that playbook for a few days, and for him to come out and have a strong day like that, it it bodes well for him. Because what is he going to do with two, three, four more weeks of that? And when Pirine comes back, and he's going to have that workload workload reduced, so where he's not going to be the guy that's getting fifteen to twenty five carry twenty carries a game. So I, I think that it was a good outing for him. I think it's a, it, it bodes well for him. I think that it's something that we can be excited about in the sense of we didn't just sign this guy. We're, we're going to be banging our heads against the wall for you know two and a half because I don't think he's going to be a two and a half per carry guy, especially with the rotation they're going to have where he's going to be fresher. Um, one thing though is you guys mentioned Jay Gruden his love his love affair with Rob Kelly and how he he's not you don't think he's going to be part with them. We see all this stuff about how Piran may be the odd man out, even when he was healthy. You know, he, he might you know be the guy that gets cut or released or traded or whatever. Do you guys think that, depending on if this ankle, if he's not going to be ready for work, maybe that he's like, yeah, he's going to be a little bit longer than expected. Week two or three, they might just you know IR him or designate IR for a return just to you know keep everybody and see what's going on, keep their rotation. Um, I'm not convinced they would do that. Uh, when I watched the press conference uh, earlier this week, I think just before they signed Peterson, when they announced that he was going to be working out for them, uh, Jay Gruden seemed to say that Samaj P. Ryan was going to return from that ankle injury fairly soon. Now, whether or not that timetable has changed, I don't know. But I, I don't see a situation in which they would try to stash P. Ryan there. I think they're more likely to try that with Byron Marshall. Because the fact is, if you lose P. Ryan, and you're running with, say, Peterson, Rob Kelly, and Bibbs, and then Chris Thompson as your guys, if Peterson is to struggle or to go down, then you're going to have to rely on Rob Kelly as that starting back. And while I know while I, I know Jay Gruden loves Rob Kelly, I think that he's kind of starting to realize that using Kelly as the starter is not the effective way to go and that he's better in a reserve role. So that's why I kind of don't think they're going to try to stash P. Ryan anywhere. And um, truly, if they cut him, it would be an asinine move um, if they cut Pirine, because he has the potential to be the most talented back on this roster while Darius Geis is out. And, you know, I, I'm not one to give up on his potential. I've liked him since he, since he came out of college. So that's just my two cents on the situation. What do you think, Ian? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree about Byron Marshall, I think. Because I think Pirine, he was in pads the other night for the game I, I think he just didn't play but I, 
I think he was in pads, so he was kind of thinking about it. So I think he's pretty close. I think, I guess maybe we'll see if he plays in week four. For any of these running backs, I wouldn't put it out of the question, you know, because there's so much, you know, kind of up for grabs, settling down. So they're going to want to get, they're going to want to get extended looks at all of them. I think what happens to Marshall is definitely more uh, intriguing because, you know, we've heard that the timetable for his injury, we don't know what it is, but it's been insinuated that it's going to be longer than P. Ryan. So if they were to, you know, stash him. And also another guy, J.P. Holtz. You know, everyone's been talking about keeping five running backs, but um, no one's been talking about four tight ends. And J.P. Holtz, you know, they've been looking for kind of a guy who they can use as a fullback and a tight end, a guy who can really be the lead blocker for a guy like Adrian Peterson. And Holtz played that role really well on Friday night. So, you know, I feel like they could stash Byron Marshall and then keep Holtz on the roster as that guy and maybe he could be like a four and a half running back or something. I don't know. But so, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of flexibility there, especially when you have all these options, but none of them are really gained separation aside from Adrian Peterson at this point. So it's going to be interesting. I don't want to commit to anything right now with this uh, position. I don't think they should cut or stash P Ryan. I think they should just keep him where he is, but that's just me judging and me thinking that, you know, his injury isn't as serious as some believe it to be. I think they should, I think they should, um, I think Bibbs will be a decision after next week. I think he showed promise this week, but uh, the book is still, you know, there's still some chapters that need to be written for him and uh, a lot of questions still to be answered. But uh, I like the choices they have at this point. I think it's something you can kind of get by with, but uh, it's going to be interesting for sure. Yeah, it's funny. You stole my next talking point. Yeah, I thought I did. Started to watch Holtz after that Pirine run, that 30-yarder in week two. I noted that he was the blocker on that play. And really after that, um, Ernest from Twitter, Ernest was uh, talking a lot about him. So I watched some more tape on Holtz. And just his blocking is very good from the fullback position. And they, they like to have that like fullback, H-back, tight end type guy. That's what Miles Paul was. So I could see them keeping Holtz and playing him in that sort of role and using him on special teams. Uh, so I think he has a good chance to make the roster, and if not, he'll certainly be stashed on the practice squad. I know no one was really considering four tight ends for the roster until recently, but I, uh, I've i liked what I've, what I've seen out of him, and, you know, in the third preseason game, he was blocking well again. So I think they should try to find a spot for him if they can, and if not, he should be the first guy to try to get on that practice squad. Yeah, I agree. I, I was just watching, Ian, uh, the video you had quote tweeted with from uh brian baldinger and the first play was that uh jp holds uh clearance of lanes for adrian peterson i would like to see them try to work him on in some way because that's really one of the biggest weaknesses in our run game aside from in years past the talent we've had in the backfield and jay gruden not being a great run scheme coach is that from the tight end position that that essentially that extra tackle you you don't get anything from i mean Jordan Reed's getting blown up. Vernon Davis, he's, you know, willing, but he's not a great blocker, especially he's getting older. Uh, we haven't really seen too much from Jeremy Sprinkle, and I, from what I know of him, I don't really think that he's that type of a tight end. So to have a guy who can can maybe get back in the uh, play low fullback and clear some lanes or stay on the outside as that extra tackle type and really block would be great. It's, I don't know, I, I think last night really showed, and 
the injury so far with Piran going down. Granted, it's not a serious, serious injury and guy, losing guys. I think that this is going to be another year where we're all going to be kind of scratching our heads and frustrated with the run game. And we just have to really hope that Alex Smith and Josh Doxson can step up this year. The addition of uh, Paul Richardson and all those guys, Jameson Crowd, have a back, bounce back year because I don't think we're going to be getting anything done with this run game necessarily. It's going to be a lot of Alex Smith doing what he does, working to guys like Jordan Reed, Jameson Crowder, short and over the middle. Josh Dox isn't going to get a couple looks outside. So even the, uh, like the guys like Cam Sims and if they keep Trey Quinn or whoever they keep in that last receiver spot, they're going to have to really step up and do something this year because I really think it's going to be uh, a year where it's relied on through the air. And when you lose a guy like Kirk Cousins, who we're not going to sit here and say he's you know one of those top five quarterbacks in the league and – whether you think Alex Smith is an improvement or a little bit of a step back either way, Kirk Cousins threw for almost 5,000 yards, what, two or three years in a row. You're not getting that with Alex Smith. Kirk Cousins is throwing mid to high touched at 20s and touchdowns. Alex Smith is probably throwing, you know, right around, you know, at 23 to 25 range. He's going to turn it over less through the air, but it's going to be a big year through the air. And I think that's really what needs to be, focused on and, and any additions you can get and any help you can get from guys like that is super important yeah and that kind of pivots into something else pretty well I mean talking about Alex Smith he played uh more than he's played yet uh in the week three matchup although even that wasn't much I mean I think he only took like eight attempts or something so he has 14 total attempts in preseason but I think he was like three for eight for 30 something yards or whatever so he hasn't really looked crisp all preseason, but last night it was kind of like it was kind of like a new deal where it's like, all right, he's kind of he's missing guys. You know, you don't normally see that from him. You know, he's not he's kind of latching on to certain receivers. So uh, a lot it was a lot to me like in a vacuum, a lot to be concerned by. But are you guys like in the big picture? Are you worried about it? I, personally, I'm not, but I want to hear your guys' take. So Jacob, I'll start with you. Are you worried about Alex Smith and you know his performance last night? No, I'm not really worried about it. I, I mean, would I have liked him to look better? Absolutely. But uh, the fact is, Smith occasionally just has games where he puts up a dud. He did that last year, I think, against the New York Giants when he was with the Chiefs. He had a great season. And then he just had this game against the Giants where he didn't play well at all and just was a little bit off on all of his passes. And that really just hampered his ability to do anything. Uh, last night, I, I think... He had one deep shot where he missed the receiver by about a yard. Um, it wasn't a huge overthrow, but it's a it's an Alex Smith-type overthrow where he gets it in the neighborhood, and it's, it's just ever so off. And that's really what he was last night more than anything. He was just a little bit off. He was a little bit too reliant on Vernon Davis, which I think is a minor concern just because, you know, he's Davis is the only guy he has chemistry with in that receiving core. I would like to see him target uh, guys like Doxson and Crowder more, and I think he will when they're on the field. Uh, but that's just something to watch moving forward. But I'm not super concerned about Smith. I think he's going to come out in week one. He's going to at least give the team a chance to win, and that's really all you can ask for from him. Yeah, I agree. I'm not worried about Smith at all. I mean, he's we know what he is at this point, and for him to just to just fall off is it's almost like too weird to happen. You know, one of those things. It's like there's just it's just one of those things you can't really see happening. I think last night, like it was just a lack of live work because I was uh, local radio here. One guy called in and said it's it's essentially like uh, 
those quarterbacks, they wear those yellow jerseys. They know nothing's happening to them. They know if someone gets by, it's a tap on the shoulder or, you know, a, a tap in the, in the rib cage or something like that. They're not really getting hit. So for them, everything is kind of processed lower in practice than it is in game time. They're able to know I have more time to sit here and really scan the field and I have all this time in the pocket where in the games, maybe it kind of getting thrown in like that because he hasn't gotten much work. I mean, this preseason in, in the game, so – it maybe took a little while for everything to, to get adjusted to the speed of the game again. So I think that he'll, he'll be fine. You know, Jay Gruden's lost every week one game he's he's been, since he's been here. So if we lose week one, because Alex Smith is still trying to process and that offense is still kind of just getting off to a slow start, I mean, is anyone going to be super upset? So overall in this season, I think we're going to get kind of similar to what we had last year. Alex Smith is going to be able to do a lot through the air, kind of keep you in games, win you a couple uh you know, a couple games you shouldn't win, he's going to keep you hanging in there. So I, I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I mean, I'd be worried about it if Smith wasn't a 13-year pro in the NFL. You know, if he hadn't, if he hasn't like put up over a two-to-one touchdown-interception ratio. You know, uh, not counting his rookie season. I mean, he, we know what he is. Like you said, he's a solid starter. And you know, I think every good quarterback, even good quarterbacks, have bad games and. You know, that's where you want to have the bad games is in preseason. You want to get those kinks out. You want to shake off the rust. And, you know, I think I think Friday was just part of that process. Now, he's not going to get a chance to do that again until the regular season because you know he's not going to play in week four. So it'll be interesting. But, you know, Smith is prepared. He's a veteran. So just like Kirk Cousins, you know, both veteran quarterbacks at this point. So you can't expect them. You can't expect a deviation like this to really freak people out you know it's it's not a big deal to me and it sounds like you guys agree with that so uh well but we will see what happens i think uh in the cardinals game to see if he kind of you know if it's a fluke or if there is genuine concern around his fit with the offense or whatever but you know that that'll come in time for now we still got week four in the way and uh we're we're getting to that time where we're almost out of time so uh, let's go through it real quick. Jacob, I'll start with you again. What are you looking forward to in week four? Any position battles you're looking to get resolved or answers or a player to step up? Um, I think week four is going to tell us a lot about the cornerback group. Um, corner, that is, not quarter. I'm sorry. Um, we saw Donis Alexander in action for the first time last week, and I thought he had some nice moments, and then he had a couple where – you know, he wasn't as great in coverage as you'd like, but generally speaking, he showed upside to be a potential playmaker on the outside. Um, so I think he's going to get a chance to prove himself. Um, I don't know if Dunbar and Fabian Moreau will play, uh, but if either of them are on the field, just getting them some more reps, getting their feet wet ahead of the season before being starters is good. Danny Johnson, I'll be interested to see him. And, you know, I got I to gotta say, Anthony Tejada, uh, had a really nice play against the uh, the Broncos on Thursday where he almost grabbed an interception. So, you know, he's probably playing for a practice squad spot. And so is Prince Charles Iwora. Iwora. I have trouble with that <laughs> name. But uh, he's, he's looked good this preseason too. So I think both of those guys are going to see a lot of run as they battle for a practice squad spot, maybe one or two. I'm not sure. But I think that's the position of depth that I'm going to watch because there's going to be a lot of jockeying with, throughout that position in the entire game. So even if the top guys don't play, those second-tier guys are still looking to establish roles. Yeah. What about you, Nathan? 
Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at the cornerback position as well. But in addition, I think we're going to see a little bit more of Adrian Peterson. I don't think he's going to get as much touches as he did. Uh, I guess last night. Um, he's going to. Yeah, I think he'll play a series, maybe two, and get get two or three, four carries and be done. So I'm excited to see what, or interested at least, to see what he could do in back to back weeks. See, you know, he did again. He did pretty well against the first team. I want to see if he can go out there and, you know, against what guys who are fighting to be on the roster he should be able to do a little bit more or at least showcase if he's still got that burst that strength or whatever because there's going to be some holes I, I feel like there's going to be some a lot more for a guy of his caliber his his him being a veteran he's going to see a lot more and it's really going to let see what he has in the tank in terms of speed and breakaway uh I'm also excited to see any anything with uh the wide receivers see who's going to try to come up and try to claim that last spot Kim Sims didn't play this week. I don't know if he was injured or whatever, but you expect him to come back out there next week if he's healthy enough to go out there and play. While we think that it's already might be a lock that he's on the roster, still go out there and compete with Trey Quinn, Brian Quick, and all those guys. So that'll be fun to look at. Yeah, there's a lot of position battles that still need settling. Wide receivers, obviously one of them with uh, Cam Sims, Trey Quinn, and Brian Quick. You know, those three battling for the last two spots. So one's going to have to give. I've been in the camp that quick, you know, I don't know all the information, but, you know, quick, I'd, I'd prefer to go with youth over, uh, you know, a known quantity for our purposes, but anything can happen in week four. That's where they're going to try and decide that. Also, inside linebackers, interesting, because um, everyone's been talking up Zach Vigil. You know, he's he played really well last season, uh, but Marshall Spate has been doing a little bit more than him this preseason. And, you know, we, we know he's a great special teams player. I know Jacob, you've written a little bit about that. Uh, you know, Spate could end up edging Vigil out. So it's going to be interesting to see who they choose there. But, yeah, uh, definitely a lot to look forward to. Uh, and obvious, yeah, for sure. Uh, and uh, one more thing. I think we I want to see in week four, and I don't know if he's going to play, I don't know if they're going to look at, but I think he absolutely needs to. I, I, I'm already with that you, 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 you keep him on the roster because he's a second round pick last year. But Ryan Anderson hasn't really done anything that's shown me why he should be on this roster after this year. Uh, he's just he's you see his number out there, and that's it. I mean, you see 52, but it's at the end when the camera's panning, zooming in, and trying to figure out where the ball is or whatever. He hasn't really done anything to me, so I want to see more more from him because. It's a contract year for Preston Smith, and we've seen the potential from him. He may play his way out of Washington just due to you know his price that he could position himself to demand. So a lot falls on Ryan Anderson's shoulders being a second-round pick for the future because he may be the guy that they expected to line up opposite Ryan Kerrigan, who's 30 now, which I know Ryan Kerrigan, he's one of the, the most reliable guys in terms of health, and he's steadily consistent, but he's getting older. And he's never been that elite pass rusher. He's been, you know, very good, not not elite. So you have to look that the the, the cliff is coming for him at some point. You know, he's got a lot of stuff where he's got knee, his knees drained and all that. And I think back when I hear that, whenever I hear him about him, you know, getting his knees drained and getting looked all the time, I think back to Chris Cooley and how quickly his career turned in the latter half. So, you know, a lot falls on Ryan Anderson to really step up and and prove that he's worthy of a second round pick and worthy to be a starter on either side of that, you know, outside linebacking unit. So I'm looking really looking at him and he needs to show me something because I, if I'm, if I'm Washington, you know, and he comes out and he does what he has a similar year to last year's rookie year, 
I, I don't see how you can look yourselves in the mirror and keep him on the roster. I mean, you you know, you, you can't keep him on the roster going into, what, 2019. So he, he's got to have a big, big impact for me. And I think it starts next week to at least show that he could do it against the backup so, you know, he could prove he could be a rotational guy yeah, type deal. Yeah, and that'll kind of lead into the season, you know, like uh, week four. Uh, it's kind of, you know, it's the last chance for the roster hopefuls. I think Anderson, I think we all agree Anderson's a lock at this point, but he does need to show more. Uh, obviously, as a second-round pick, you're going to have high expectations. So we'll definitely see what happens. Unfortunately, though, guys, we are out of time. So this week, week four preseason, be on the lookout for roster hopefuls and fringe players to make their case to stay on. A lot of interesting decisions to be made for Washington in the coming days. Uh Thanks for tuning in. As always, uh, have a good night. Peace out.